Well, I'm looking for something that's going to make me laugh. Welcome to the Aloha Friday podcast, coming from the Landsberg Law Office in the historic penthouse suite of the Executive Center in downtown Honolulu. Here we talk to the most interesting people we know, from current events to how they got to where they are to how they see the world. And now, your co-hosts of the Aloha Friday podcast, Marcus Landsberg and Naomi Cooper Christensen. Our guest today is the wonderful Jose Dynamite. Jose is a stand-up comedian here in Honolulu. So I've seen him any number of times, the host of Comedy U, when he gets to do that, and then also the first promoter of uh, the Aloha Comedy Festival, where he brought a number of mainland big-time uh, headliners all to Honolulu at one time and had a, was a three-day, a three-day festival. So thanks for joining us today, Jose. How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm uh, having a good, good. time. I'm, I've, I've quarantined myself, uh, trying to stay creative uh, during this whole time because obviously there's, uh, there's, we can't do anything. <laughs> as far as the put on a show, as far as, as far as, canceled. as far as do anything. I'm Marcus. I'm a big sports guy. I, I, oh. mean, I, I love, I love, I love hockey. Like that's my passion. Hockey and baseball are my two passions, and I didn't know that. I, and and then my my office. Well, baseball is not much of a passion, but I, I really enjoy the sport. Um, and then my office, they always depend on me to create the March Madness brackets and run um, that every year. And so uh, I'm without a job doing that this year. So. <laughs> I thought they were still going to play the NCAA, or did that end up getting canceled? Too? Oh, that everything's canceled, man. There's. There's, I thought the plan was to play in empty arenas. No, they said not even that. That that was the initial plan. So the the initial, I mean, the, this thing happened so quickly that um, there was just there was lots of talks. Like initially, um, uh, San Jose, the the Sharks, um, because of the um, the Bay Area, put everything anybody any event that was over a thousand people. They they just basically said no, that's not going to happen. So what was plan- they were planning for the Sharks to yeah. be playing their home game stand, the three-game home game stand, with a completely empty arena in the, um, in the SP arena or whatever the heck it's called. And then, yeah. and then there were a couple other places that followed suit. And then once um, – uh, God, what's his – the guy from uh, uh, the Jazz – the, the basketball player, as soon as he tested positive uh, for it, right. they decided right. they're just they're they're just canceling everything because uh, a lot of a lot of these sports um, these athletes, major athletes, they all use the same facilities, same locker rooms. Um, you have you. the same usher oh, and, and people that are in there, and and the food concession workers, and they just decide, you know what, we just. That's when they when the NBA shut down. Everything else just completely followed suit with um, with that. Some places kind of took a little bit longer than others. Um, you have nothing but time on your hands. Um, you would, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what are you doing with that? Um, well, so it's 
I, I feel like I, I kind of understand how Catherine K. Aloha feels at this time. Like, you know, you're going to jail, but you just don't know how long it's going to be. And at this point, you know, I'm just, I'm just under house arrest. And, um, and so are uh, you, my other half are you just wants to force me. Um, no, I'm joking. I, I'm, I we're not married. Um, so. I, I was going to say, cause when I need peace and quiet, I just start coughing and go, you know, I may need to be quarantined for a minute. I can, <laughs> let me quarantine for a couple hours. Jose, let's talk yeah. about the, let's talk about your comedy career. What is the pinnacle of your career to this point that you would point out and say, this is the moment that I look back on. This was the high I'm chasing. This is what I caught. Wow. That is, that is a, a very reflective question. Cause I actually have, I have a few key moments um, that I can look back at and, and they were just, you know, each, each one was a different stepping stone in, um, in my career to, to get me to where I am right now. I think, um, uh, one of the, one of the first ones was when I had, uh, uh, back in 2006, about July, 2006, I left my first, um, I left my first radio career job and I decided to sit out a a six month non-compete. And the week that I left, um, I was opening up for Eddie Griffin at the uh, Blaisdell concert hall. And I had, yeah, I had a couple of friends that um, I had been working with um, at the radio station that came and saw me and they knew the, one of the main reasons why I left was I, I was working really closely with Augie at this time. And, um, he was leaving, he had just left the radio station and, uh, there was a whole plan to do a statewide radio, uh, with, um, uh, one of the owners that owned, uh, some stations on Maui here in Kauai. And so I was, my plan was to, um, come join the sales force over here, sell Augie's show because I'm really familiar with him. I'm familiar with his audience and I can see like the ads that I write for him specifically were getting results. And, gotcha. and it was, it, it was just something I really believed in. Um, and I still and, do. And this is Augie T big time local comedian. Correct. Um, I probably the premier comedian of his generation in Hawaii. Is that fair to say? It's, it's very, I mean, for as far as local comedians, he has, he's been the, the, the biggest so far. I mean, he's sold out the blaze Del arena um, he's done the Blaisdell right? Hall. Yeah, he's done the Blaisdell Concert Hall numerous times. Uh, Hawaii Theater about three times. He did the um, he did the uh, uh, what's it, the Waikiki Shell um, uh, wow. not long ago as well. Yeah, so he's done some really big sh- like as far as local he, comedy, he's 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 been the biggest, sold the most. And TV now he's about um, to perform local comedy at the uh, House of Representatives. Yep. Well, you know, he's just got to compete with a bunch of clowns. Um, There's <laughs> kind of way, you know, people are going to go vote for the go vote for the clowns in the office. At least come to see a live comedy show. You can see yeah. what real comedy is besides these guys that you know have have law degrees from you know <laughs> Richardson School of Law or whatever. Um, who stumbled into their comedy career backwards? Find yeah. someone who worked for it. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so getting back to the this, this story, I, you know, my, my transition was I was going to set out the non-compete and then uh, come sell Augie statewide um, after I set out for six months. And a friend saw me perform at the, um, the Eddie Griffin show. And, and afterwards, he came up and was like, you know what, Jose, you had him from the beginning. You were great. Um, I think what you're doing is the right move. Keep, keep up with it. You know, because oh. a lot of it was wasn't just driven by me doing the advertising sales. It was just the path that I had of doing comedy and still working alongside with with Augie. Um, so that was kind of my my first big aha uh, moment, if you want to call it that. Um, opening for Eddie Griffin. Opening for Eddie Griffin. And did you get a chance just, to meet Eddie? Oh yeah, I got to meet him. Super nice guy. Was he cool? Was it uh, anything special or? Yeah, he was a cool guy, you know. Um, he he was uh, he was a lot like the characters that he plays on uh, in his movies, you know, just very very loud, very outspoken, and just got a raw mouth. Um, okay, but wait, 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 wait! I want to hear some of the like interactive lines. Like, do you remember specifics? Was there a, a first? You know, was there like a first impression? Was there lines exchanged? Do you remember the first time you just hung out with him? What? I yeah, actually, yeah, it was a very bizarre conversation because um, I have I have a couple of daughters, and he's got a daughter, and um, he asked me a question. You, Hey man, your daughter bleed yet? Or your daughter bleed on you yet? Or something like that. I was like, what? He's like, wow. I was like, what do you like? Did she stab me or something? Is that what you're talking about? He's like, no, nah, man. She get a period yet? I was like, that's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was, it was in, and this is completely is out of context. This is completely yeah. out of context. This is 13 years ago that this conversation <laughs> happened. So I'm probably saying it completely wrong, but it was it was something in relation to um, talking about like um, if she's it, 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 that he's he's not going to allow his daughter to hang out with any boys or anything like that. It was like it was something gotcha. along those along those lines. That's what it was. I about. I like wow. the idea that this is his opening line when he meets new people. That well, whoever I, he needs. I don't think that's his a- actual opening line. I think we were just having a conversation, but that's the one thing that really st- stuck out to me. Cause you know, I, I was trying to talk to him about Kansas city cause he's from Kansas city. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, but he, you know, he lives in LA and he doesn't really go back to Kansas city all the time. And he, I don't think he really even cares about the Kansas city Royals at the time. I mean, it was, this was before they won the world series, but eh. That's what that was. So, so what was number two? Number two, the um, the biggest show that I ever got to do um, was I got to open up for the Beach Boys wow. at, at the Blaisdell Arena. Yeah, wow. and um, it was this was I one. Thought of, you were going to um, say that you did it in Aruba, Jamaica. Oh. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, they did, that, that we did it down in Kokomo. That's Tom what Cruise, I thought you were going to go with. Tom Cruise is flipping some drinks, you know. That's the way to do it. So, so tell me player. about the the opening for uh, the Beach Boys. So, um, th- this this was actually the um, 
uh, I want to say this was the first show that I got to do where I was hired by Tom Moffat. And, um, oh. and I got to work with Moffat on three different occasions um, as a performer. Like I'd, I'd known him from, from radio and entertainment because he was always bringing in concerts and everything. And for those, if, if, if you're listening, you, you're not familiar with who Tom Moffat is. Tom Moffat was for decades, like literally like about 40, 40, 50 years he was the guy that was bringing huge name acts to Honolulu. He brought Michael Jackson out here. He wow. brought the Beach Boys all the time. Power, power, wow. power of power, whatever their name is. Um, you know, Elvis. Um, he was close friends with Elvis right. for many years, and so he he was the guy that was just in bringing them out here all the time. And so he was just a huge deal. And, um, so this is, uh, I was still, I was maybe about like four, four years into doing comedy and, um, and, uh, I was, I was recommended that, Hey, you should hire Jose. Um, actually Augie was the one that recommended me to Tom, like, Hey, you should hire Jose to be the opening act for the beach boys. And so, um, got to do the, the Blaisdell arena. It was about 4,000 people. There was just the bottom part. Um, that was completely filled, which is still a huge uh, number of people for me to perform in front of. And, uh, and, and to this day, that's still the biggest audience that I've uh, been um, uh, in front of. And um, I was, I had maybe about like three weeks um, to really kind of work on uh, my act and really try and figure out what jokes I was going to do which ones I wasn't going to do. And I was working with a, a close friend of mine to kind of, she was kind of helping me out which ones I should do. Cause um, at the time this was going to be the very longest um, set that I had ever done. Usually I've been doing like maybe 10 minute sets at the most opening for Augie, sometimes 15 minutes, but it was usually about 10 and I was hired to do a, a 20 minute set. Wow. And, and um so but you I had that. You had 20 minutes. You just I, I had 20 minutes. I just never done 20 at one time. They just weren't in order. Gotcha. And uh and I wanted to cater it to, you know, his audience is a lot older, a lot more mature. So I needed to try and cater my try and cater whichever jokes like okay, this one would work well for this crowd. Maybe I should start here and then finish here and and really uh massage my set list just for that particular show. And I remember, um, I remember going backstage and they had zippies, uh, catered for us. And, uh, uh, I would, I had my son back there and, and we were eating zippies spaghetti, you know, I had like a bento <laughs> box and he was sitting right next to, I don't even remember which beach boy it was, but one of the beach boys was sitting there eating right next to our, you know, right next to us. And like, my son's like there just eating and just did not even know that there's like a huge, you know, world famous musician for, you know, decades sitting right there eating the spaghetti right next to him too. So that was kind of a, that was a cool, uh, a cool moment to have uh, experience. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet John Stamos. I, Naomi, I'm sure you were wondering if, if you <laughs> no, meet John Stamos. I, I was I was just about to ask that. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a little bit of something for me, like some fantasy for me, right? Okay, so what can you what can you give me? 
Um, I thought Naomi was going to tell you that she met John Stamos. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you didn't I have to meet him. I'm good friends with uh, Mr. Right, Stamos. I'm, I'm really good friends. Like, yeah, I Johnny. think he has his own dressing room that's separate from the rest of the Beach Boys when he goes on tour with the Beach Boys. Like, you know, everybody else that's backstage, we all have to hang out together and, and eat spaghetti. But John Stamos gets like a, a bowl of ravioli all to himself behind closed <laughs> You know, mm. mirrors and hair gel or something. I don't know. Not, not, um, right? Not not his Greek yogurt. His Greek yogurt commercials. I'm sure know. he's got Greek yogurt. I don't know. I I <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't uh, studied up on my uh, John Stamos Wikipedia um, um, research lately. Right? So it means it means you're straight. It means you're straight if you haven't been, <laughs> you know looking them up. Okay. Not that there was ever a question. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I was disappointed that I didn't get to meet John Stamos because, you know, Uncle Jesse was like, but growing up, he was like, he was the man for for me. He's still the man. Don't worry. Of the the three, he was your choice. He was the, he was your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was your third moment? Oh, the third moment would be, um, uh, this is the, the last, uh, I think it was, I got to open up for Jim Gaffigan um, okay. and that was at the Blaisdell um, Blaisdell concert hall also. And I forget what year that was. Um, and I, this is just one of the coolest experiences um, that I had. Cause um, you know, I, I, I watched him on comedy central when I was, you know, just starting out and you know, before I even got into comedy. So I was a fan of his and I go up, do my jokes, come off stage. And I don't know if you know this about uh, Jim's wife, Jeannie. Um, she used to be a comedian as well when they first no, met. I didn't know that. Stand up I didn't know that. But yeah. And so she has become his writing partner. And so, uh... um, so as soon as they get off stage, she tears off a piece of paper from the notebook, hands it to me, and she's like, "These are. I took some notes about your set. Here's some tags that you can use for your jokes." What? And like that was just the coolest thing. Like I'd never seen anybody. Like I, you know, I, I at the time, Augie was the guy I was working with, so we'd write jokes together. Or he'd give me some advice on a couple of jokes, but I'd never experienced anything like this. And then. Um, when Jim was on stage, I'd see her just sitting there on the side of the stage in a chair, just, just writing notes furiously, um, and just putting tag after tag after tag of all of his jokes and everything. And, um, there was one point where the security came in or she was, look, she looked out and she told security, somebody's recording, um, over in this row, can you go tell him to stop? And uh, she was saying, you know, the reason why we do this is because he makes his money off of his specials and then touring. And as soon as the special comes out, that's when people want to go see him. Like he's got his new tour with his new act. If anything gets leaked on, on YouTube, it's no longer new. It's automatically old. And so like Mm -hmm. when you see him, you see him do his like his hot pocket jokes. She just, that's what she does is she just, she just wrote like every single tag. And so 
you develop all these tags into, okay, now I have a whole brand new set about hot pockets or, or whatever, just eating or food. And hey, that really goes to show you how important a good partner is. It, it is. Yeah. And a supportive you know. partner to have a supportive partner who's there for you in that way. I mean, it doesn't have to be specifically that way, but who can support you like that. That's, and that uh, they're funny. That's the other key. Cause some, <laughs> people have some people that try to support us and they're like, eh, yeah, no, that's, that's not, that won't work. Okay. So, so in that sense, they need to be funny. I mean, how do you be funny with you? Because that's kind of hard to compete with when you're the one that's always pulling all the lines and the jokes. I mean, what is it that you're looking for when they're funny? What do you mean by that? Well, well I'm looking for something that's going to make me laugh or going to make like, the audience <laughs> Right, but I mean, what, you know, but it's you. I mean, it's you. It's you. It's kind of. I mean, what do you do with you? What do you do with oh. you? What What do you do with me? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean? Like, like, a, you're talking louder than anyone I've ever interviewed, and and that alone makes me laugh. So, well, how, do should... find, how do you find the How do you find the alternative partner that makes you laugh? Like, what makes you laugh? What makes it well? You know, here's here's the thing, Naomi. Is comedy equals uh, a tragedy plus time? So sometimes, like sometimes, it's 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 there's the tragedy of. So let's say you have a, a. Let's just take the state of Hawaii, for example, because let's face it, we've been just dealing with nonstop tragedy in recent <laughs> days so you know it's like first you first you have Ka- Kauai has has a tornado and then <laughs> you have a governor that says yeah we're gonna we're gonna close the state down to tourists we're, we're gonna wait until more tourists show up first before we shut it down <laughs> we, we, have, we have a mayor that's like yeah we're we're cutting. We're, no, no. We have to. We have to make sure everybody stays home and social distance yourself, except for essential services. Here's all the essential services. Uh, <laughs> the guy behind the counter at the at the service station, the person, the Seven yeah. Eleven worker, the yeah. guy that plays with the fire hydrant, people that do laundry, yeah. <laughs> lawyers, the person on the yeah. corner asking you yeah. for money. Right. That's the thing. I, I, Anybody I in media, salespeople. I don't think. I don't think lawyers even made it to the list. I don't. Think no, lawyers are. made the list. Made, the lawyers made the list. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, okay. I'm essential now. You know who did make the list? list. You know who didn't make the list? Retail employees. <laughs> if you sell clothes at a retail shop or a hobby shop or music shop, you're not essential anymore. Go home. I guess not. But you know everyone what? CBD, CBD everyone else is essential. Yes, yes. I know. I thought when wow. you go to say comedy is tragedy plus time, you're the comedian <laughs> yeah. of the relationship. Oh, what you're plus, looking plus. for for support. Is oh, someone who will give you tragedy. There's a there was a tsunami warning yesterday too. So we had, <laughs> we, had, we, had, we, had torna- we had tornadoes. We got a governor and a mayor, and we have tsunamis. You know, it's right. just one tragedy. When you add tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, 
eventually it just becomes so comical, like, my God, how much worse can it get? Well, let's find no. out. You know, no, no. So uh, you guys not being Jewish don't realize not to ask that question. <laughs> you know what? We this never is the only time. This is the only time that you, you have never... like positively referred to your Jewishness here. <laughs> you do not you're ask God. Like, no, you're normally avoiding this. What? He's normally he's what? normally saying don't bring up anything Jewish, and then here he is bringing uh, out his own. You know. Your Jewish skepticism's got you through everything. You normally don't ask God, what worse can you do to me? Look at all you've done to me. God will go, oh, a challenge? Hold my beer. So, so, it, is, so it is tragedy over time. And, and it's a way that you can take that tragedy and um, add in little things here or there, remove a lot of the really important and very painful details, you know, that no one really wants to hear. And you can always put a twist on it to make people laugh. And that's kind of, that's what comedy really is, is you, okay, how do you get to the punchline for this? How can you get to that aha moment, you know, with, um, with the jokes. And, and I, I mean, a lot of it is that's with like the story, the storytelling of, of a joke and the humor of that is that you're able to find, take tragedy and turn it into something funny. So other times, other times you just like right, right now, for example, I'm, I've been going through a process where I'm just trying to write and I'm trying to come up with mm-hmm. creative new ideas because I can't perform, you know, there's no place for me to go unless I did like a, a, a Facebook live video of a comedy show or something. And, and without an audience, that's actually there live to be able to uh, applaud or give feedback. It's, it's really, you know, for yeah. me difficult to, to do. Um, for and sure. so I just like, I, I feel like, okay, I need to take this time to just work on uh, maybe coming up with a new 15 minutes of material when I'm, when, for when I come back and, you know, I don't, obviously I don't want it all to be about, um, when I was in complete isolation and quarantine, because I think <laughs> every single comedian across the U S is doing oh, the no. exact same thing where we're all going to be having parallel thoughts about like, I'm stuck here. I can't, what, what can I do? Um, and I also don't want to go on and like beg people like, Hey, will you, you can donate money to my GoFundMe. It's like, no, <laughs> I, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be able to make money doing this, but the people that are watching, they're also out of work too, for the most part. So, you know, yeah. we're all kind of, we're all just in this situation together. Um, so. So you have to find the comedy in that. You see, that is where you are necessary. You are necessary for society to be able to survive because why we have to find right. A way to survive the, the trauma. Well. Well, can you tell the that to the mayor? Because apparently, I didn't make the list. You know what? I, <laughs> unless, I, unless that falls underneath politician, because the, those clowns are still working. Yeah, the only thing that's going to get us through this COVID crisis is comedy and the arts and things of that nature. And I thought it was just staying away from people. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that might help you survive, but it's not going to help you live. Uh, okay. 
So I, I, the good thing about all these people having all this time off in isolation is people might actually have the time to reflect and do their own art, whether it's good or whether it's, uh, you know, a collage. It, <clears throat> still, they could do something and uh, reflect on it and realize how important it is. Because if all we're doing is working and going to sleep, working, fighting with your spouse and going to sleep, that mm-hmm. doesn't add to the world and it doesn't make a satisfying life. So, Yeah. And it also doesn't help when you're working, you know, you have to work really hard and then you're watching all your friends, like they're all unemployed and on vacation. And it's like, what the hell? I have to work? <laughs> this sucks. I, I got, are, so because you, you work for media services in your day job, you're an unnecessary employee. I, I'm a very, it's, believe it or not, uh, my job is advertising sales is, is, it's more key now more than ever because, um, there, there's people that they, you know, people listen to our morning shows and they give, they're giving out information uh, and, you know, it's essential that we are doing whatever we can to keep bringing revenue in so that they have jobs. You know, and right now it's it's really tough because we have to now I have to as a as a as a salesperson, I have to really mine deep to try and find businesses that want to be on during this time and find out what is the reason. Oh. What, are, what are they looking? Is there is there something that they're looking to get out of it aside from just the getting people to come into their business? Because right now. It's a lot of businesses are closed. So which, you know, yeah. do I go after? If the just government those? shuts down your business. You don't buy ads. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, the, there's businesses that are open. I mean, there's a, there's a model change where you have a lot of restaurants that are open right now, but they're only doing takeout. And well, do I go after these, these restaurants? You know, I'm sure they'd love it if our listeners would go out there and spun, spend money and support them at this time. And, you know, that's what they're looking for. You know, we're looking for the same thing where we want our loyal customers to kind of be there along with us as well. But it's, it's a tough situation where like, it's, it, it's, we, we want to get, we want to get these, you know, get our listeners to support them as well. But if our listeners aren't spending their money because they're hanging on to it because they're unemployed or they're waiting for a check to come in from the government, it's a really tricky, um, tricky situation. And that's not to say there aren't businesses that can really benefit to advertise right now where there are going to be our listeners and a lot of the general population that really needs services that some businesses can provide right now. And it's my job to really look and find these businesses and talk to the owner and see if there's a way that we can work together so that they can, you know, get their message out to our listeners and everyone's still winning. I mean, the, the key for the, any economy right now um, is number one, you need to have dollars exchanging hands. That's plain and simple. That's how the economy works. Um, Our economy still can survive. We can get through it. It's just the amount of the pie just shrank a lot. And you can see that difference. If you go by Aloha stadium, you see all of those, you know, rental cars are just sitting in that parking lot right there. And we are literally, okay, we are on our own now. So the businesses here need to take care of the other businesses here 
so that we can survive as a community economically and get through this. And I, the good thing I think about this, if you want to look at the silver lining in all of this, is that um, the this was a situation that came about because of a health crisis. This isn't a looming economic slump that was being forecast and on its way. So I have a feeling that the economy itself is going to be able to bounce back once, you know, once things are, are start to turn around and, and they get the whole COVID under control. I mean, you looked at the, before all of this, the tourism industry was thriving. And I think we can no, get back true. to there. That's true. Um, yeah. And it's just what, you know, are our landlords going to be able to work with us to make sure that we're not paying, you don't have to pay as much in our rent. Um, are the banks working with us to make sure that, Hey, we don't have to pay off these loans right now and, and they can defer our payments and stuff. And it seems like a lot of businesses really are able to do that. Or, you know, business owners, they're taking out small business loans so they can make sure that they have additional funds. So they can pay their employees to keep their employees, um, you know, giving them a paycheck. So people are looking out for each other. That I think that's like the beauty of what's going on is that you really see that the community is coming together to take care of itself. And I hope when, when things are said and done that as a local, you know, local businesses, we still continue to take care of the local businesses, take care of like the locally owned hotels in Waikiki that, where the money is staying here in in the state, as opposed to necessary not necessarily going to these big name hotels that are owned by investors outside the country or outside the state. Right. So, Jose, what are you hearing from um, other uh, comics in the community? Are they doing okay? Are they freaking out? What's going on? Um, I haven't talked to a whole lot of other comedians in the community um, right now. Um, I think uh, as comics, we we're probably very bored. Um, <laughs> we, we, we don't know what to, a lot of us don't know what to do with ourselves. Like we, it, uh, it, for me, Marcus, this okay. is, this is completely uncharted territory because um, let me give you let me give you a rundown of, of, of what a week in in the life of Jose Dynamite is like. So, is this pre or before virus? This is pre virus. So, okay, go. Uh, Monday through Friday, I have gotcha. my nine to five day job, so I'm working okay. Monday through Friday. Monday nights, I referee ice hockey over the Ice Palace. Tuesday night, Tuesday nights, I play hockey over at the Ice Palace. Wednesday nights, I promote Comedy U or Anna O'Brien's. Thursday nights, I either have hockey where I play or I don't have hockey and I'm off or I might show up to Square Barrels and perform. Fridays, I have two shows every Friday night at O'Toole's Irish Pub. How long has that been going on? Uh, seven years. And then yeah. Saturdays, occasionally I'll have a, a show on a Saturday Sometimes in the past, I used to go travel to the neighbor islands and do shows, a, a small tour on the neighbor islands. I haven't done that for quite some time. So now, 
I have my nine to five job. <laughs> but your nine to five job, you have to meet people face to face a lot of the time, right? Well, that, well, that's that, before that's the old model. And now, so I'm, now you have no travel time. There's no meeting people. There's no coffee time. Well, we have to call. I got to call people up. I got to set, try and set up some video conferencing, do a lot of stuff over emails, digitally and, and, um, work on, you know, my presentation skills, um, which, <laughs> which includes my social skills, which the challenge right now is as someone I I'm wearing two hats. I got to wear my radio salesperson, business consultant hat and not my comedian hat, you know, uh, a lot of businesses don't necessarily want to have a funny commercial running right now because uh, it might be considered insensitive to where other times that might be a benefit hiring you would have because you have the punchline for there. I can do both. I can totally tame I, it down. I want to hear that. Can I hear your serious commercial? <laughs> I mean, I don't you, believe it's possible. Is it? For, for for me to do my serious commercial sales pitch? Yes, I want to hear. Can you can you give me an example? Not the sales pitch, the commercial itself. I think. Oh, the, like the, well, I can't yeah. think of something right off the top of my head. I didn't create it. I need to see. But, but like a serious get, voice. Get like, to sit you down and you gotta write these if things. You were trying to pitch uh, to get a bunch of people to listen to a very serious podcast, which included interviews from people all across the community. Um, with two young professionals, but who are also well-established in their careers. What would that serious pitch be? Listen to a moil and a shiksa. No, um, (laughs) (laughs) did you, did you mean moil or did you just look for any Yiddish word you do? No, I know what a moil is Marcus. And you know what? You're a lawyer and you cut them up. You know, that's why you're the best. You know, I've been called many things in my time. I've been called many things in my time. Moyle is now at the top of the list. Go ahead. Add it to your resume. And and call me whatever you want. Make sure it's quoted by Jose Dynamite. Comedian Jose Dynamite. Marcus is a Moyle. The greatest Moyle I've ever met. Exactly. (laughs) Greatest Moyle I've ever uh, used. So it's, I don't um, know if I'd be able to come up with a, an ad for for this particular podcast that's very serious. Not at this a hypothetical moment. one. A hypo- I I don't know. I I would actually take podcast. some time and and really. Okay. Well, how would how would you want your podcast to be branded? Well, I mean, just the fact that you can be serious intrigues me. Like, I want to hear the serious part of you. Like, I I, I don't really believe you can quite you know. Sell me on the serious. I want to hear it. Well, it's it's not about me. It's about you. It's about your podcast. What's what is ah. what is the name of the podcast? By the way, ah, the Aloha Friday podcast. The Aloha Friday podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. how are you going to call something Aloha Friday and expect it to be serious? Because Aloha uh, Friday to me is like, hey, it's Pauhana. It's the end of the work week. Let's kick off our shoes. Relax. Kick off your yeah. shoes. Relax. And enjoy a great conversation with Naomi and Marcus. You know, maybe, right. maybe that's it right there. Boom. It's not Naomi, cut it. Funny. Cut it, print it. Cut it, print it. <laughs> that's it. All right. Um, my fee is $250. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the best joke we heard today. What's uh, um? Uh... Son of a bitch! You didn't sign a contract first. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> What's um? So uh, tell me about the Aloha Friday or the uh, the Aloha Comedy Festival. Well, well, it was the uh, the first uh, comedy festival that we uh, produced here in the island um, or in on Oahu. Uh, the first one of its kind. We had uh, over sixty comedians from all across that's, the U.S. that that's came wild, in. and uh, we had um, five headliners that we. Um, we flew in and brought in to headline the festival. It was uh, three nights of shows, uh, six different venues, had 47 different total shows throughout the whole thing, and comedians from just all over, and they were fantastic. And um, They really were. Marcus, they really were. And, and Marcus was a, uh, a great sponsor of ours. As a matter of fact, uh, it, your 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 ad you had an ad in the program and uh <laughs> and uh he took a took a couple pictures of that and sent it out there and you got a, a few people uh responded to you about that and uh and you had some high praise about that the beauty about that ad is uh for some reason i messaged you at like four in the morning <laughs> it was it was super early in the morning and and because i was working on the design and I get a response from Marcus at like four in the morning, like, Hey, can you, ch-? so we actually, within a half an hour, we're able to yeah. completely change this, um, this printed ad, which I'm not, I'm not a, a, a graphic designer by, by professional trade at all. It's just something that I've, I've picked up al- along the way. And we were able to create this, this ad and get it into our program. And so, uh, Marcus sponsored that. So we were very, very grateful for your um, participation in uh, that. And uh, it was, um, it was uh, February 27th through the 29th of this past year, 2020, which you kind of got it just under the wire because we, we were able to get this thing done like right before everything corona. just kind of went it's, to yeah. shut down. Pre-corona, pre-corona. It's, it's like a new, it's a new phase PC. of life. Pre-corona. Yeah. PC. Yeah. PC. It was Cause it really, yeah. Corona started like at least being known about the week later. It really was like yeah. the following week we started exactly. worrying about it. And yeah, people were like, okay, we, uh, that's when places started like, okay, we need to, we're advising you to reduce the amount of people coming right. to your events. And then we had started seeing, you know, um, these big name artists that were coming out here, canceling their flights and canceling their shows. And then, right there was a period of time from uh from like the second week of march up until now you know this past week where there is just cancellation after cancellation right. of things and i which think which one is running from the cops right now what's that which one of you is running from the police <laughs> i don't know i think it's there's a guy outside on his bicycle right now he he must work in a retail shop he's not supposed what? to be there one of you guys is it's outside when you're not supposed to be right now. One of you guys it's is in a group of two people. No, that, that's, that's, that's me. I, I live close to a hospital and a fire station, and so I, I hear ambulances coming by all the time. Well, okay. do you have enough of my cards? Uh, yeah, hmm. I just 
I'm just hoping someone got stabbed and they don't have coronavirus, you know, like <laughs> just just praying for the stabbing. <laughs> Please, Jesus, make sure that, that someone got stabbed and they don't have coronavirus. So I, I just want to say when I went to the Aloha Comedy Festival, I saw Paulo Gata and I saw him, I don't know, 15 years ago. And he was hilarious. I saw a lot of people. I saw Kermit Apio. I saw some other guys. But Paulo Gata made the show for me, the festival. I thought he was oh, yeah. The show was great. And you went, you went, it was one of the, you were at one of the early shows. It was like a six o'clock show or something at uh, next, next door, 630 show at next door, if I'm not mistaken. On, uh, was it on that Thursday? That, or oh, it wow. was the Thursday. So it was the first day of the festival. And I went first to, first night, excuse me. And it was as many of the shows I could go to on that day, I packed them in. And, wow. They were all good, and Paulo Gatta was great as far as I was concerned. That was – he made it, my day. My God, that was such an amazing – like all of the shows were just so amazing. All the comedians were great. Uh, one, of the, one of the great feedbacks that we got from a lot of the comedians was that um, yeah, even on the smaller shows, we, we did not have too many comics on, in the lineup. It was like there would be maybe like five or six max – um, in a show and they were all able to get good stage time and, and they really appreciated what, what we did. And, and every comedian that came into town, um, uh, they got uh, a minimum of four performances. Is that the, right? Yeah. Um, not, not the head, not, not the headliners, the headliners, we paid for them to come out here. Everybody else, they flew in on their own dime, took care of their own airfare right. and, uh, wow. accommodations and everything. We just made sure, like, if they got accepted in the festival, you would get a minimum of four shows where you get to perform for 10 minutes at each show. And so, you know, this is that's what we did. And so is that the first or is that the first annual? It was the first. Um, it's <laughs> I know there's there's talks about uh, one next year, but I think right now. It's, uh, it, it's with everything that's going on, it's kind of too premature to really, um, get into uh, planning anything like that right now. So we'll, we'll see what's, what's happening. Um, I just need to know to prepare if you're going to come hit me up for another sponsorship. I gotta, uh, of course we're going to hit you up for another sponsorship. <laughs> Whether there's a festival or not, we're going to hit you up for the sponsorship. I already, I already tried for the regular advertising and, uh, <laughs> I've failed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, we got the, uh, we, we sponsored the bus line, right? You, you did. You, you, you sponsored the Shamrock shuttle that we did. And I still get people comment. There's one lawyer who still, uh, comments all the time about how he loved my slogan for that, which I think you came up with. Did you come up with that one or did I, uh, what was the slogan? I forget. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Ah, uh, I think Lands I law. Know. it seemed like a good idea at the time. I think we both kind of might have come up with that one, or we agreed like that was a good one. Let's go with it. I, I forget how we we did I it. it you came up yeah. with, with the, the 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 latest ones. If if you get if you get arrested, stop being funny. Call your lawyer. <laughs> well, well, I thought it was more like a because uh, the the top the headline was welcome the comedians to the Aloha Comedy Festival. Yeah, as it was more like a, a, a not for. 
the customers of the festival, but the comedians coming. So if you get arrested, stop being funny. <laughs> call. I'm glad you made the distinction because I was like, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a broad. <laughs> well, you know, it's also good advice for the general person. It is. It is yeah. great advice. Maybe Especially just someone who's right not now. funny. And that's, and that's whether or not they're getting talked to by the cops or anyone else. Just sometimes like, yeah, just, just stop being funny. It's not working. You should just, right? the, the cops should arrest you for this. Seriously. That, I mean, that is another question I have. Did it take, I mean, were you rejected a lot to get to where you were? Like, how did you, how did you find yourself saying, I am a comedian. This is what I'm doing. This is it. This is the. This is the path for me, regardless of what anyone says. Well, Naomi, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it. Because here's, here's what really drove me to do comedy. is um, Back in my early 20s, uh, I, was, I was constantly getting roped into going to these multi-level marketing uh, meetings. You know, um, just just people were just really into it. And I was going to I was I, I had people that were like really encouraged to come to this meeting. It's going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic meeting. You get to see this speaker and really knowledge about the business. And so I go to these um, these multi-level, these these pyramid scheme meetings being held in, in Alamoana Hotel in the ballroom. And then we packed. There were people there and you had the speaker up there. He'd go up there and he'd start talking about how he built this business and everything. And he's able to be financially independent. And he's up there and he's cracking jokes and he's making people laugh and he's getting animated. And I'm just looking at it like, I want to do that, but I want nothing to do with building a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and uh, and no, the, sad, you know what? the sad thing is they're running a pyramid scheme and they have bigger audience at their thing than I do at my show sometime. And that still bothers me to this day. Like, how the hell is someone running a multi-level marketing business and they get more people than me? That sucks. You gotta sell something. You gotta you gotta sell something scammy. I mean, you you gotta you gotta scam something. Come on, you gotta learn by now. You're the one person who came out of Body by V with a career. Body by V. Is that what that's there one was? Yeah, no, that's one of them. What are the other uh, ones? Uh, I was in. Uh, I was Quickstar. Quickstar was the one oh, I was. Which uh, <laughs> we're not. That what they used to say is we're not Amway, but they <laughs> yeah, sold all of Amway's products. But they weren't no, Amway. Was, it was Quickstar. We're not Amway. Yeah, that's their slogan. Quickstar. We're not slogan. Amway. Buy some Amway so, products from us. What is your slogan? That's what I and their know. CEO was named Jimmy Amway, but. Right. My, my, I, I really don't have a slogan. Jose Dynamite, something smells funny. Well, that's the, that's the title of my, that was the title of my first CD. <laughs> now I always try to get you a catchphrase. Yeah. I don't have, a, I don't really have a catchphrase. She wants to get I you mean, a, what's your I sign mean, or uh Oh, I mean, uh, one of those, you might be a redneck. I don't have one of those. <laughs> she, she, she wants to get you uh what is it? The get her done. Pocket. all right well jose we're gonna keep laughing and talking all night if i let you so i appreciate very much uh you coming on our podcast you are the hardest we've laughed so far oh and you need um, funnier guests then 
<laughs> well, I'll hit you up afterwards, and you'll tell me who they are. Decide uh, who our next guest should be. Okay. All right. Make a like list. Right now? You know who you should talk to? You should get, you should get uh, uh, Larissa and, and Rory um, from Think Fast. And okay. um, right, right now, they're in the process of uh, building out the uh, Downstage Honolulu, which yeah. is going to be the newest entertainment venue over in China. Oh. It's uh, directly Not across the, the street. Time. It's directly across the street from Little Village Noodle House on Smith Street. And, oh, wow. um, and uh, well, right right now it's it's a it's a difficult time to be opening up any kind of business. Not and, the time to sign a lease open, on a new and business. opening up a a, a business a that's business. catering to yeah. entertainment is yeah. even more um, more of a challenge. But uh, Rory and Larissa, they're they're both two fantastic Im- improv comics and improvisers, and I think they'd be a great guest on your show. Rory is also one of the chosen people, Marcus. Oh yeah, is he? He's, 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 he is a uh, he is one of your own. Um, but he's one from Minnesota. Policies of the show is we try not to have lists of Jews. But you know what? I is, think is that is that because you just don't want to be on a list? Yes, we okay. have yeah. spent my whole life trying to stay off lists. We do not want to be on any list of Jews. But it's just following you. It's just following you, Marcus. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. I, yeah. Yes, I I know. Well, you know. That's uh, that's the way it works. I guess you can edit that part out. I don't know. It's up to you. (laughs) So I appreciate it very much. Thanks for coming through. And um, we'll see you next week. Hey, this has been a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much. Naomi, have a great uh, time doing the the, the web stuff. Marcus, um, keep defending the plant. Keep defending oh, man, your I'm not buying ads. Don't hit me up right now. I'm not buying ads. I hear All the right. I hear the pitch coming. Um, I got no I got no pitch. Got no pitch. I would normally I would normally ask you where we're gonna see you play next, but I guess we gotta wait till uh the virus is done. His, his online online live stream, right? You're gonna do something. Um I've I've been uh I've been make, making some memes that are on fire lately. So <laughs> I might just continue doing that and I okay. don't know. If anyone wants to follow me, you can follow me on uh, Facebook or Instagram uh, at Jose Dynamite, and you can find my pages there. And uh, awesome. yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, thank Jose. You. Talk to you soon. Okay, aloha. Aloha. Bye.